You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 68. Today's topic, Why the Heck Should I Be Humble? Welcome to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you're here. Today, we're talking about humility. It's not the most glamorous subject to talk about, but humility is one of the most important qualities that we can have. One of the things I like to talk about on this podcast, and I emphasize over and over, is having the mindset of Jesus. Because if we want to follow Jesus, we don't want to just blindly follow him. We need to be doing it thoughtfully, intentionally, with understanding. So it's important to understand his mindset. How was Jesus thinking? How was he processing information? How did he see the world? How did he see God? How did he see all mankind? And how did he see himself? These things are so important for us to understand if we truly want to be a follower of Jesus. The purpose of this podcast, in a nutshell, is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus. You could say the original mindset of Jesus, and that's where humility comes in. Humility was the quality that Jesus expressed so deeply and so broadly that it sets an example for us that we always need to look up to. A lot of people have the wrong idea about humility. They think it means being a doormat. They think it means never standing up for yourself and always thinking someone else is better than you. They think it means being humiliated, which sounds similar, but it's a completely different thing. That's not true humility. It's not feeling negative about yourself. That's a form of egotism, just like pride is. Actually, pride and running yourself down all the time are just opposite sides of the same coin of human egotism. Humility takes a completely different approach to how we see ourselves. The very first chapter of Genesis says that God made us in his image and likeness. That's true for you, it's true for me, it's true for everyone, whether we completely understand that and are able to live our lives according to that, it still is true. Humility is actually acknowledging that we are indeed the image and likeness of God, but the key words there are image and likeness. We're not the original. We shine because of reflected light. We're not the source of the light. The more I've thought about this, I realize humility is acknowledging being aware of, accepting, and living out from the awareness 
that we are made in God's likeness, and what that means, how powerful that is. We are wonderfully made, the Bible says. Humility is acknowledging that, but realizing that we didn't have anything to do with it. We're the image and likeness of God because that's the way God made us. We didn't make ourselves into that. We can't do anything to make ourselves that. We can open our eyes to see that it's already true. A truly humble person knows how wonderful they are, but they give God all the credit. I think of humility as really a key that unlocks our relationship with God. If you want to get to know God better, and have a stronger, working, covenant relationship with God, humility is the way to do it. There are so many verses in the Bible that talk about humility as well as pride, and how God rewards the humble and rebukes pride. I love this verse from Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, He adorns the humble with salvation. Isn't that a wonderful image, being adorned with salvation? That verse from Psalms is just one of many in the Old Testament that talk about the importance of humility. But the most powerful example of humility anywhere in the Bible is Jesus himself. And if we really want to get down into his mindset, seeing the way humility guided his thoughts and his actions, will hopefully open our eyes to see that we can follow his example. Humility helps us understand our relationship with God better. And as I go over some of these verses, most of them are from John. We realize that this relationship that Jesus has with the Father is a very humble relationship. In John 5, 19, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, the Son, referring to himself, can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Then in verse 30, he says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus talking. He says he can't do anything without the Father's help. Who do we think we are that we can do all these things and not rely completely on God? Then again in John six thirty eight, he says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. How often can we say that about what we do? We start to see, way before the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' submission to the will of the Father. This is the way he lived his life every day. He said, I can't do anything by myself. It's the Father who does the works. I can only do what I see him doing. Do you see the humility there? Jesus then went out and did everything, but he was doing it not through his own will, not through his own power. It was through his relationship to the Father, and he acknowledged that. There is no egotism in these remarks that Jesus is making in regards to his ability or what he wants to accomplish in his ministry. 
it all comes back to what the Father does and what the will of the Father is. And Jesus wants us to have that same kind of relationship with him that he has with the Father. He wants us to realize we can't do anything by ourselves. We are dependent on him as he is dependent on the Father. And in a sense, then he's really saying, well, then you're really dependent completely on the Father for everything you do, because everything I do, I get from him. Everything I do is his will. So he really is pointing us back to the Father. This is what he says in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He used that wonderful image of a grapevine. If you cut off the branches and put them over in a pile, they're not going to grow and they're not going to produce any grapes. Jesus said, if you want to be fruitful in your life, you have to stay connected to me. And in doing so, you're going to be connected to the Father. To flesh out that metaphor, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches, but the Father is the gardener. He is the one that comes along and takes care of all of us. We cannot accomplish things on our own. All the power we have, all the abilities we have, all the talents, all the intelligence, the wisdom, the common sense, the practicality, all those things come to us from God. They are gifts from God. Because we are his image and likeness, we reflect those qualities directly from him, just like your reflection in a mirror reflects you standing in front of it. Through all this, though, Jesus never berated himself. He never voiced the feeling like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to do this. Somebody else could do it better. He knew who he was, but he gave full credit to God for his abilities. That's an example for us. True humility is knowing who you are, knowing the talents that God has given you, knowing the calling that God has called you with. And not discrediting that, not diminishing that, but acknowledging it and running with it and knowing that God is the one who's going to help you fulfill those things. It takes a lot of humility to be a true Christian. But when we embrace that humble mindset that Jesus had, we are able to follow his example in every detail of our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Truly I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Have we really accepted the full promise that Jesus is giving us in that verse from John 14, 12? Maybe we've scratched the surface. Maybe we sort of shy away from that, because you can easily ask, Who am I? to go out and preach like Jesus did and heal like Jesus did and forgive like Jesus did and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers like Jesus did. How could I possibly do all that? Maybe that's the wrong question. A better question is, who am I not to? Why not? Jesus made that promise to all his followers that we would do the works that he did. If Jesus walked into the room and promised you something, would you believe it? Well, I hope so. I hope I would. 
It may seem way beyond your present capabilities or sensibilities, but Jesus is promising that everyone who truly believes in him can follow his example of preaching and healing and ministering to those in need. Jesus is not the only one in the New Testament that expresses a lot of humility. I always think of the humility of Saul on the road to Damascus after he had his vision of Jesus. This is in Acts chapter 9, and you can read the whole story there if you want to. But he's going to Damascus. He's going to capture and put in prison people who are following Jesus. He felt like the people that were following Jesus were contaminating his pure Jewish traditions and teachings and doctrines and theology, and he wanted to put a stop to it because he felt like it just couldn't possibly be true. When he had that vision on the road to Damascus, this is in Acts 9, verse 6, and this isn't in all translations of the Bible. I'm reading this from the New King James Version. Trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Paul knew what he was planning to do, but all of a sudden he has been humbled by this vision he has. He's kind of like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane almost, saying, well, okay, what I was planning to do or what I wanted isn't working out, so what do you want me to do? Not my will, but thine be done. That's kind of what Saul is saying here, different words, but it's the same humility. He's asking for guidance instead of pushing through what his agenda had been. And there's another little indicator of Saul's humility in verse 11. He's in Damascus, staying at Judas's house. It's revealed to Ananias where Saul is and that he's praying. And we've got to remember that Saul is blind. He can't see. Here's this devout Jew who has always tried to obey God's will. Suddenly his world has been turned upside down. What do you think those prayers were like for three days in Judas's house? Well, they were probably all kinds of prayers, but I think some of those prayers eventually became prayers of humility. Prayers of seeking God's will and wanting to do what was right. And I just love that sense of humility. Later, when Saul, and then later he was called Paul, when he started preaching, he was bold. He was on fire to tell people about Jesus and the promise of salvation. In fact, in verse 20 of Acts 9, it says, He immediately preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. That's what he went out and did, boldly. And during the rest of his life, over many years, he was bold in his declarations. He wasn't afraid to stand up and tell people about Jesus. But he was still a very humble man, so you can be very humble and still be very bold because it's not you personally that's doing those things. It is God working in you. There are a couple of other times when Paul shows such humility that it's almost astonishing and we almost miss it. I think it's important for us to see what's going on in Paul's thinking. The first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He's talking about what love is for most of that chapter, and we love that part. 
But then he gets to the end of that chapter, and he says something very, very important. This is starting verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And then in verse 12, he adds, For now we see in a mirror dimly. I love the King James Version. We see through a glass darkly. It's an imperfect reflection. So he says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Paul is saying, I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. We love to quote Paul as the big authority on everything, and he speaks with authority. But here in 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and 12, he has the humility to admit that he doesn't know everything. And I think that's a really good example for us to follow as well. There are a lot of other places where Paul talks about humility and meekness, but the one I want to point out is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Paul says, Who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? He's actually quoting Isaiah 40, verse 13. But then he goes on and he says, But we have the mind of Christ. That's a powerful declaration of truth. What is the mind of Christ? It means the way Jesus was thinking. Let's look at this quote that Paul has just referenced. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? How many times do we think we need to tell God what to do? Like he doesn't know what's going on. We have to inform him. Sometimes when we pray, it's like we're talking to someone who's blind and deaf. Somehow we think God will hear us better if we are louder and repeat ourselves. That's really not a very accurate perception of who God is. Do we need to tell God anything? He already knows everything. Jesus never told God what to do. He always listened to what God told him to do. That's what having the mind of Christ is all about. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he knew he was about to face the crucifixion, he didn't say, God, get me out of this. He said, well, if it's possible, is there any way that I could get out of this and things could still work out? And he knew the answer, and he said, oh, your will be done, not mine. Do we have that same kind of submission? Do we have that same kind of yielding? in our hearts. It is so easy to argue with God for what we want and justify with him how we think something has to work out. That's just not a very effective prayer. And let's say you manipulate people and circumstances and situations to get exactly what you think you want. There will never be the spiritual peace and satisfaction from that compared to completely yielding and surrendering to God in humility, like Jesus did, like Paul did, like the psalmist was talking about, that gives so much more of an inner peace and opens our hearts to have a deeper relationship with God. I invite you to earnestly consider what it means to have the mind of Christ. And that's plural there. Paul says we have the mind of Christ. It's not just you and nobody else 
or it's not just somebody else, but not you. So this week, in all the things you're doing, I invite you to take an honest look at your attitudes about yourself and your relationship to God and ask, do they match Jesus's mindset of humility? And what can you do to follow Jesus a little closer than you have before? One more verse I'd like to share with you is from 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. And before we close, I want to remind you that we're working on our 21 Ways to Obey Christ in 2021 prayer project, and this is week four. The command of Jesus that we're working on this week is turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile. This is from Matthew 5, 38 through 42. There are a couple of other things in that passage. Jesus says, if someone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone begs from you, give them something. Jesus is talking here about our relationship with other people and how we help them and how we respond to them. Jesus is not just making a request here. It's a command. And the whole theme of this prayer project is that if we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. So that's the one we're going to be working on this week. Turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile, see how that can apply to your life. If you haven't already printed out the list, you can find it at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 065. That's episode 65 which is called 21 Ways to Obey Christ in 2021. You'll see two links there. One is for a short version for each of the commands. That's all on one page. The other one is a three-pager, and I go into a little more detail with some extra Bible verses on each of the 21 commands. Just click on those links and check your download folder. Print it out and put it on your refrigerator, on your desk, in your purse carried around with you in the car, and think about these things with us each week. And I'd love to hear any insights you get from joining us in this prayer project. Thank you again so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I hope you'll subscribe. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash podcast, and you'll see a form there to fill out with your name and email. You'll get a confirmation email. Make sure you click on that to prove you're not a robot. And then you'll be on my email notification list and you'll never miss an episode. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find The Bible Speaks to You. And if you haven't left a review over on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review and let me know what you think about the podcast. As always, I will have on the show notes page a list of all the Bible references that I quoted today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 068. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, any way I can be helpful, please let me know. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click the contact tab. I look forward to hearing from you. 
That's pretty much it for today. Thank you again so much for being here and listening, being part of this community as we dig deep into the Bible and talk about ways that we can put into practice the things that Jesus taught us. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you.